Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. We are going to be reading from Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 14. Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 14. And let's just uh, let's just discuss something really quick. Next week, Brian already told me the song that the kids will be doing, and uh, you'll hear songs sang about this. You'll hear preachers preach sermons about this, and you'll read Facebook posts and Instagram stories all about and encouraging and pleading with one thing this time of year, and it's peace on earth. Peace on earth. Well. It's all rooted from what the angels said 2,000 years ago as they appeared to the shepherds in the field. So if we could, let's, re- let's read what Luke writes in Luke chapter 2, starting in verse 8. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, fear not. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy. That will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. The good news of great joy is that a child was born, a son was given, just as prophesied about 700 years prior through Isaiah. A Savior was born who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace. But let's not stop there. Let's finish the entire verse. Peace among those with whom he is what? Pleased. So we read the stories or we read the posts or we hear the songs sang about, we hear the sermons preached about peace on earth. However, uh, it doesn't take one of us long to turn on the news or to read in the papers or to scroll through Facebook to see that we live in a time and a day in which there is a great lacking of what? Peace. There is constant strife all over the world. There is constant division. There is constant war. There are constant rumors of war. And and especially as we move along during our own existence, as we grow closer and closer to the return of Christ, these great divisions and destruction and death and war and rumors of war are just going to intensify. And we're going to see them more often. They're going to come more frequently as the birth pains do in labor. And we're going to see more and more and more evil. We're going to see a greater and greater lack of peace. But the angels came and they proclaimed that on this day, when this son was born, when this child was given, they said this, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. Well, one thing that we do understand is that there has never been since the entrance of sin, peace on earth. And there will never be, as long as we live on this earth, peace on earth. So what exactly did the angels mean? And that's what I want to discuss for just a few minutes. What did the angels actually mean when they said, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. Well, we can only answer that by first understanding, before we get into their words, the reality of who you and I are. 
that each and every one, just look around, look around here, each and every one of us, you, your spouse, your children, your neighbor, those in front of you, and those behind you, all of us can all agree, and, and we all share one thing in common, all of us were born into sin. All of us were born into sin. I don't care how cute you were as a baby. You were born into sin. I don't care how chubby your cheeks were and how many rolls you had and how much hair you had and how pretty you were and how your parents held you and, and how they called you. were born into sin, therefore born into sin, becoming an enemy of God. You and I were first born into sin, and then you and I have all lived as, and some may currently live as, enemies of God. Because there is great enmity between you and I as unholy, unrighteous, sinful people and the great Almighty, the holy and holy and holy God that we have, the creator of the universe, created us. And whenever sin entered the world, every single person after that was born into sin and then has lived as an enemy of God. So if you are here today and you are a born-again believer and follower of Christ, you should praise God every single day that you are no longer his enemy but his child. But if you're here today and you have not truly surrendered yourself to Christ and you continue to comfortably live in sin, intentionally live in sin, rejecting the salvation that he gives to you freely without anything, with there, there are no conditions attached to it. It is a free gift. If you are here today and you're just comfortably living in sin, then I want to just encourage you and challenge you at the same time by telling you the truth, that you are an enemy of him, that you are his enemy. Now, the reality is that very few people fear him right now. There are many people that do wander this life living in sin and they continue to just reject the gospel of Christ and they continue to comfortably and intentionally live in sin and they live without fearing him yet because there is going to come a day in which every single enemy of God's will be rightfully judged and punished as they endure the fullness of God's wrath which does not end. So there are two things that are eternal. The life offered to us in Christ and the wrath of God that is going to be poured out upon us if we reject the free gift of of life through Christ. So all of us have been born into sin. We all live as or may be continuing to live as the enemy of the Lord. And the Bible says that all have sinned. Some greater than others, some more often than others, some are a little bit better at it, some like to hide it a little bit more, but we have all, every single one of us have sinned and fallen short of God's glory. The Bible also says that the wages of those sin is what? Death. Not just merely breathing our last breath, but truly experiencing eternal separation from the source of life and forever and ever and ever finding a void of life itself destined to eternal separation in a place that we know as hell. Please forgive me. I said that word with the kids upstairs, but I'm not sorry. But if we do not repent of our sin and call upon the name of Christ and follow him, we will be eternally separated from him, sentenced to a place we know to be hell. Now, let me just tell you this. The enemies of God may be very good people. The enemies of God may be very generous people. The enemies of God may be very loving and kind people. The enemies of God are all people that have not surrendered themselves to him as Lord. 
So here's the reality. There are going to be really good people sentenced to hell. There are going to be very generous, open-handed people sentenced to eternal separation from God the Father. There are going to be very loving, good-willing, you know, good-intent people sentenced to eternal separation from our Father in heaven. Why? Because all of us must pay the wages of our sin, and all of us have sin, but the good news this Christmas and every single Christmas is that God sent His Son so that He could do what? Save us from our sins. Save us from the payment that you and I are to pay for our sin. So we have to understand, I don't care how good of a person you are, if you do not surrender your life to Christ and are born again believer and follower of His, you are an enemy of Him. And you will rightfully be judged and endure the fullness of God's wrath for you. But there is hope and there is good news of great joy. The angels proclaimed that a Savior was born. 2,000 years ago, as the baby boy lay in a manger, the announcement of his birth alone was not what brought you and I peace. Because the peace that the angels were proclaiming had nothing to do with Russia and Ukraine, Democrats and Republicans. It had nothing to do with the United States and China. Although if everybody sought the peace that the angels were proclaiming, we would truly see peace on earth because we would all be in relationship with the Lord, therefore extending love, mercy, and grace to one another. But the angels were not proclaiming that if we, just because Jesus came, there would be great peace among the earth. Jesus came to give you and I peace with him. So this is what the Bible says. As we understand that the angels were proclaiming and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among what or among who? Those with whom he is pleased. We understand that Jesus said that there will be few enter by the narrow gate that leads to life. There will be many that enter by the wide gate that leads to what? Death or destruction. So we have to understand that these words by the angels, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased, refer to those few people, the few or the proud, the few people that would truly follow Christ. So the announcement of his birth alone was not what brought us peace. Because you and I have the beauty of reading the rest of the story you and I have the, the beauty of flipping over a few pages, just a few pages, and we are able to read that this baby boy will grow up to humble himself to, de- to endure death on a cross. That this baby boy that was wrapped in the manger would grow up to humble himself as the suffering servant and would be what? Pierced for all of our transgressions and he would truly be crushed for our iniquities. Colossians chapter 1, verses 19 through 20 say this, For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him, Christ, Jesus, through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by what? The blood of his cross. So the announcement alone was not what brought us peace. But as we read the rest of his story through his death, his burial, and his resurrection, there may now among the earth be peace with whom he is pleased. So who are those that he is pleased? Well, I said we've all lived as his enemy at one point or another, or we may continue to. 
those are the people that, with whom he is not pleased. With whom he is pleased are those that have humbled themselves and called upon his holy name. Those people that have truly cried out to the name above all names and have chosen to be born again believers of Christ. Those are the people with whom he is pleased. Therefore, if that is you today, you may have peace. Now, there may not be peace in your family. And of course, we all want peace. But there may not be true peace in your family. That's not the peace that the angels were, were singing about. There may not be peace in your workplace. There may not be peace in your finances. There may not be peace within your friends groups. This is not the peace that the angels were proclaiming. The peace that the angels were proclaiming is that you and I as filthy, sinful, broken people could be reconciled back to a holy, righteous God, therefore being presented as holy, blameless, and above reproach before him. That alone is good news of great joy. That you, regardless of how broken you have been, could be redeemed and made new in Christ. Regardless of how sinful you have lived, you could be redeemed, made new, and presented as holy, blameless, and above reproach with God. As you and I have lived in all of our brokenness, all of our sinfulness, all of our darkness, we could truly be brought into the light and have nothing to hide but be presented and covered by the blood of the Lamb. So the question I pose for you this Christmas is this. Do you have peace? I'm not just talking about in your home or in your families because all of us have family. Amen? All of us have family. There's never going to be perfect peace in family. Some of us have a little bit of dysfunction. Some of us have more than we want to admit. Not all of us are going to experience peace in the workplace. It's never going to be perfect. We're never going to make the perfect amount or the right amount of money. We're never going to get along with Susie or Jimmy or whoever it may be at at the office. There's never going to be perfect peace there. There's never going to be perfect peace in your finances to where everything is in a surplus and I never worry about anything and we can just buy, 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 buy. There's never going to be perfect peace in your body. As you get older, you can say amen to that. Yeah, you're never going to feel like you did 30 years ago or 20 years ago or even five. You're always, there's always death or destruction, disorder in every area of your life. But there may be hope in Christ to experience peace with the Father. This is not peace that you can ever earn by perfect church attendance. There is not a dollar amount that you can give up to that will provide you the peace with God. There is only one name. There is only one way. And this one name, this one way, was born 2,000 years ago, laying in a manger, and his name is Jesus. Jesus alone is the means of peace. If you remember the prophet Isaiah, he said that a son would be born, a child would be given, and upon his shoulders would rest all of the government, and he would be named what? Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Bella, uh, Prince of Peace. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Prince of Peace. So the question is, do you truly have peace? Are you in right standing with the Lord of Lords and King of Kings? If you were to die tonight, would you be able to stand confidently before him And know that through your faith in Christ and through his death, burial, and resurrection, that you could stand before him confidently as holy, blameless, and above reproach. 
You can never do it on your own. You can never give enough. You can never attend church enough. You can never be good enough. You must humble yourself before Him. And you must surrender all to Him. He alone is the means of salvation and He alone is the means of peace. So my prayer for all of us this Christmas is this, that you would truly experience peace on earth knowing that one of these days you will stand before him face to face and give an account for all that you have done. But regardless of all that I have done, surrendering to Christ and being his follower will save me from receiving the rightful judgment and punishment that I truly deserve. So the question I just posed for all of us today is this, do you truly have peace? If you were to stand before him right now as I stand before you here, would you be confident in the blood of his cross that you have put your full faith and trust in? Would you stand before him as holy, blameless? Or would you stand before him knowing good and well that you remain his enemy, therefore you will be rightfully judged and punished and have no argument or question about it? Would you pray with me?